And now, coming to you from the gleaming spires of Chicago, broadcasting throughout the multiverse, the Nine Realms, Niflheim, Svartalfheim, Olympus, Nidaveller, basically anywhere that has the internet, really, we proudly present Radio Free Asgard. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Radio Free Asgard. This is episode number 254. We're the only Thor podcast hosted by a true descendant of Odin and a proud member of the Comics Podcast Network. And we're coming at you, as we always do, from beautiful Chicago, Illinois, where it's wintertime, folks. Yeah, we've had some snowfall now, a snowfall that stuck as I record this, which, of course, you know, was like a week in advance of when it actually uh, airs, uh, we are about to have our first couple of days of sub-zero temperatures. So the Fimble winter is upon us, at least for a couple of days. I do want to wish everybody a very happy holiday season, including Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, Eid, uh, Yule, among many other holidays that are celebrated this time of year. Gee, I wonder what they all have in common besides the winter solstice. Oh, that's it, the winter solstice. So uh, during this uh, solstice season, I do wish everybody to have a very happy holiday. All right, so we have an issue of Hercules, Prince of Power, the last episode of Hercules, Prince of Power. And so let's just go ahead and move along to our review. Hercules, hero of song and story, Hercules, winner of ancient glory, fighting for the right, fighting with his might, with the strength of ten ordinary men, Hercules, people are safe when near him, Hercules, only the evil fear him, softness in his eyes, iron in his thighs, virtue in his heart, fire in every part of the mighty. And this week we are covering Hercules, Prince of Power, number four. Cover date is June of 1984. Cover price, 60 cents. Cover art is by Bob Layton and shows Hercules, uh, gray hair and all, laying almost face down on the ground and getting ready to mount him from behind. Oh, no, that's not what's going on. Uh, Getting ready to slay him with a big bloody axe is Zeus. Uh, and, and Zeus has turned a particularly bilious color of magenta. The cover blurb says, Godhood's End. And we open up to the splash page where we have apparently the aftermath of a great battle. Hercules is lying uh, apparently lifeless on the ground and standing in front of him, front and center basically, is the recorder. Stan Lee presents Hercules, Prince of Power, a pearl of great price. Bob Layton wrote it, drew it, etc. Christy Shield was the colorist. Rick Parker was the letterer. Bob Budiansky was the editor. And Jim Shooter was the editor-in-chief. The place is Olympus. The time is 401 years from today. The event is the last moment in the history of the Greek gods. Statement, I have found him. His life signs are low. 
This may be the last record I make of the life of Hercules. And we see that they are standing in a very ruined Olympus. There's, you know, of course, all the temples falling down and there's fire and smoke. We've got some interesting Kirby space stuff going on behind. But basically, it looks like Hercules lost a big honking fight and might well be dead. And he's not dead yet, though, because he's trying to get up off the ground. And the recorder says, interrogative, sir, what can I do to help you? The pearl. I, the pearl. Interrogative, pearl. I am afraid I do not understand what you are referring to. He said it was my salvation, if I so desire. (coughs) It burns. My life burns away. And he's kind of trying to reach to um, a brazier, which is full of fire. And we see that in the middle of this fire, there is actually a pearl sitting right in the middle, a big pink pearl. Unable to lift his battered body any further, the son of Zeus collapses. His one good eye transfixed upon the brazier before him. His other his other eye looks like he uh, is like swelled shut So it's, yeah, in the fight. And though his mind is racked by needling pain, memories of the recent past fill his thoughts. And this is where we get our exposition and our little flashback here. He remembers happier times with friends that eased his exile from Olympus. Friends like Skippy, a shape-changing fugitive from the Skrull Empire. And the recorder, the robotic historian of the Coloners of Rigel. Together they shared glorious adventures. And that's the last three Uh, issues of this miniseries. It was only after they were arrested by the local authorities on the star station Falord that their fates took a grim turn. While incarcerated in the station's brig, Hercules experienced a prophetic nightmare. His father Zeus had slain his brethren gods, drawing their powers back to himself. And we see shots of uh, Hercules and Skippy and the recorder and Skippy disguised as a little girl, and then them being arrested. And then we have uh, a scene of Apollo fleeing as Zeus is killing all the rest of the gods. Upon awaking, he made a most horrifying discovery. He, an immortal, had grown older. And so we see Hercules waking up to find he has gray hair and, and all that. He resolved to return to Olympus to seek the cause of his aging. But first, he had to overcome many obstacles that barred his way such as the crazed scrawl killer known as Red Wolf, who was bent on Skippy's destruction. Having resolved that conflict, he and his companions hastened to reach Olympus, only to be detoured to Titan, one of the moons of Saturn, by his old comrades, Mentor and Eros. There, Hercules found his fellow Olympian, Apollo, who had attempted to escape the wrath of Zeus, but Zeus had stripped him of his immortality. And before he could speak of what had transpired... Apollo died of old age. As fate would have it, Shrek, the last worshipper of the demigod Thanos, the deceased consort of death, chose that moment to try to carry out his master's wish for the destruction of Titan. Using the power of the Negabands, which he had stolen from the long-dead Captain Marvel, he attacked. Only the combined strength of Hercules and his comrades thwarted Shrek's mad scheme. Meanwhile, Isaac, Titan's planetary computer, had discovered that the only one being remained alive on Olympus. Despite his friend's protests, Hercules was determined to confront that being, and thus began the events of mere hour ago. And so we're caught up now. 
And we see Hercules and Skippy and the recorder, and they are in Hercules' chariot, and they are approaching Earth. So, Herc, this is Earth, eh? Don't look like much from here, says Skippy. Be not so quick to judge, Skippy, and all the stars of fair jewel thou shalt not find at the planet of my birth. Atop yon mountain, hidden from the eyes of mortal men, lie the glory and splendor that is Olympus, my home. And they land, but uh, Hercules is shocked by what he sees. Nay, by all that is holy. Say, what's happened here? Olympus is ruined, deserted. Oh, well, he knows how. <laughs> he knows that Zeus has been running around wrecking the place. So we see a scene that looks very similar to what we've seen before with uh, you know, ruined Olympus and the you know, pillars falling down and statues broken and all that. Boy, my power. Someone shall pay dearly for this. Statement. Sir, my sensors have detected a life form in that structure just ahead. The great hull of Zeus. And Hercules goes running forward and, and the, the recorder and Skippy are following behind. Herc, wait, you don't know what's in there, says Skippy. Oblivious to his friend's warning, the Lion of Olympus rushes up the marble steps, his anger mounting with each step. Now, villain, thou shalt pay for thy... No! Tis impossible! And Hercules swings the door open and he sees Zeus. And Zeus just sitting there, sitting on his throne, waiting. And he's uh, got a big old axe with blood on it in one hand. And Skippy says, hey, Herc, who's the old dude? Welcome home, son. I have been expecting thee for some time now. The stage is set and the final act now begins. When the curtain falls, only one of us shall remain. Father, what madness is this, says Hercules. I hope thou shalt prove more worthy than thy kin, my son. Though Olympus was destroyed in the process, they proved to be little challenge when fighting for their lives. And Hercules is upset, he's crying. Why, thou art insane! How couldst thou destroy your own flesh and blood, thine own children? How couldst thou destroy the majesty of Olympus that hath stood for thousands of years? Because they be mine to do with what I will. Am I not the High Father? Indeed, that is why thou shalt defend thyself against me. That is why thou shalt wage against me to the death. And uh, Zeus is picking up the axe here. Nay, Thou must overcome the madness that doth possess thee, says Hercules. I shall not take arms against my own father. Better to die than to so disgrace myself. Now wait a minute, says Skippy. What kind of father are you anyway? This is your own kid you're talking to here. He travels halfway across the universe because he thinks you're in trouble. And you lay this frop on him. What's the deal, Pops? Thou shouldst teach thy pets better manners, son. "'Tis great insolence from such a little toad. "'Perhaps I should educate them in the ways of respect.' "'And Zeus's hand starts to crackle with lightning, "'some sort of energy, sh shining everything up, "'lighting everything up yellow. "'Really beautiful page here. "'And he goes shrack, "'and he zaps a, a piece of fallen, uh, like a fallen column, 
and he changes it into a living creature, some sort of weird horse, minotaur, satyr sort of thing. For thy two friends, I give them an instructor. Kill them! And this is a marble creature comes running after uh, Skippy and the recorder. Ah, oh, me and my big mouth. Come on, tin britches. I'm cutting class. And the two of them start to run off uh, in, with the uh, weird creature in pursuit. Hold! Do not attempt to interfere, Hercules. Thou dispatch thy murderous creation to destroy my friends and expect me to do nothing? Aye, their fate hath already been decided, just as thine hath been. And there's a roll of thunder, and uh, Zeus says, Thy immortality I have stripped from thee. Thou shalt age, then die like any mortal man. I give thee reason enough to fight me. By my hand I create a gift, thy immortality, endless life, encased in the essence of this pearl. And so he opens his hand up after all this glowingness, and there's a pink pearl in his hand, and he takes the pearl and he drops it in the brazier, which is where we saw it at the beginning of the issue. All thou must do is defeat me in combat, and it is thine. For the nonce, its resting place shall be among the glowing embers of this brazier. Within an hour, the fire will consume it forever. Thou hast that span of time to vanquish me. And he stands up and he picks up the axe. And Hercules is objecting here. Be it an hour or ten thousand, I will not take up arms against thee, Lord Zeus. Thou art my beloved father. Thou shalt not take my life, for I am thy son. My son, bastard child of a woe-begotten mortal cow is what thou art. If thou wishest to die a coward, then so be it. And he takes the axe that he's been holding and he whips it at Hercules and it is on fire. Uh, and it's just flaming towards him and strikes the floor with a crunch. Hercules manages to jump out of the way without getting his foot chopped off. And he's like, Father, no! We then shift scenes to the recorder and Skippy, and they are running away from this marble uh, horse thing. And uh, the, the thing is gaining on them. And Skippy says, Oh, great. We come all the way just to get eaten by a hunk of walking architecture. Interrogative. Well, what would you suggest we do, Scrawl? We'd better find a place to hide before the thing bites our moogies off. Statement. But I do not have any moogies. Come on, this doorway is too narrow for old granite push. We'll be safe. Interrogative, but what about? And uh, Skippy has grabbed the recorder, muffling his voice, and they've gone, gone into this little hole. And uh, Skippy says, Cool your afterburners and listen up. I got a plan that'll turn Horsehead into someone's patio. Interrogative, and how do you propose to do that? Hey, we scrolls aren't known as sneaks for nothing, you know. I saw something back there that'll save our hides. Here's what you have to do. So we have a, a caption here that says, Moments later, and the recorder pops out from the hole, and he says, Declaration, hello, Mr. Animated Mineral Being. Come grind my circuits into metal shavings if you can catch me. And the monster goes, Rawr, chasing after him. Interrogative, 
It just occurred to me, why am I doing anything Skippy suggested? <laughs> and he's running away from the creature. And he comes to the sort of well thing, uh, which is in just like a big hole. Uh, it's a well, basically, or fountain or something. It's, it's like a big hole. Statement, I am in the pre-designated position now, Skippy. Skippy. And he turns around, and there's another one of these big giant uh, granite things here. And uh, you know, we know it's Skippy, but you know the monster doesn't know that. And it says, hiya, good looking, want a horse around? And it turns around, it's like it's going to attack him. And we can see that the recorder has gone down on his hands and knees, so I know what's going to happen here. Statement, this is so undignified. But the uh, the monster is you know, faced by its own image, so it's like really confused. It's like, hmm? confronted by its mirror image, the inorganic construct is momentarily confused, giving the transformed scrawl time enough to act. And basically, he has uh, you know, pushed him backwards over the recorder and down into the big hole. Have a nice trip, sucker. And Skippy changes back into a scrawl form, and he says, <laughs> The old okey-doke never fails. What a marblehead. Let's go help Herc, Recky. And we shift scenes back to Hercules, where he is still fighting with Zeus, and Zeus is attacking him with an axe. Hercules is trying to dodge mostly and not get killed, and also not to hurt Zeus. Stand and fight, Hercules. You cannot avoid my blows forever. Nay. Thy mind is inflamed with madness. Come to thy senses, father. I will not strike thee, sire, but I will not sit by defenseless either. And he grabs a fallen pillar, and he's blocking Zeus's axe with it uh, while Zeus is trying to hack him to bits. Nothing shall impede the will of Zeus, not a universe, nor a shield of stone. And with a big kerchoom, the axe bites through the uh, pillar, and there's just a big pile of rubble there now and it has managed to cut through and injure Hercules's arm as well and Hercules goes arg how pitiful be this the same arrogant child I did banish from this place filled with bravado and lust for conflict and we basically see Hercules now is kind of in the same shape as he was uh, in, the, in the first few pages he's got a swollen eye and he's holding on to his arm, which has obviously been cut and bleeding. Nay, father, tis not. With the wisdom thou once possessed, thou sent me away to the stars. I have returned with the knowledge that no life is less sacred than any other. That is the knowledge that thou hast taught me, my lord. The selfsame lesson that thou now in thy madness seek to destroy. Reason shall prevail, father. I shall return with the cure for thy insanity. I swear it. But first I must escape. And he's sidled up to uh, a pillar and he uses his good arm to, to bust the pillar down. And that brings the roof basically down on top of Zeus. And yeah, this is a big uh, falling of thunderous cascade of stone and steel, it says, which may, doesn't make any sense because, you know, it just looks like stone. And it doesn't. I don't think that the, you know, the Greek gods build with steel, steel frame structures. Anyway, anyway, it's a bunch of stones falling down on top of Zeus. And Hercules manages to sidle away a little bit. And he says, "'Twill not hold him for long. Must tend to my wounds and make good our escape.'" 
And Hercules is stumbling through the wreckage of Olympus, and there's fires and all that. But there's a rumbling coming from underneath all the stone, which is a little bit ominous. There's a shrarka boom and a big explosion, and Zeus is free, and he's uh, exploded all of the uh, rubble off of him. Oh, well done, Hercules. Well done. Now all the players be in place. Let the final scene commence. And at that point, Skippy and the recorder discover Hercules, and they come up to, to uh, talk to him. Recorder, over here, I found him. Must escape. Save him. Interrogative. What is his condition, Skippy? He doesn't look too pretty, Recky. He's blind in one eye and his arm is half off. Interrogative. Well, what should we do? No doubt that pop is going to come for him. You get him to safety and I'll figure some way to stall the old man. Move, Rust Bucket. And the caption says a short time later. And Zeus is kind of stalking through Olympus looking for Hercules. And he spots him. And his voice, hey, Big Red over here. Maybe we can sit down and talk this thing over, eh? And it's Hercules, but, you know, he's not talking like Hercules. Base imposter, says Zeus, and he whips the axe at him. Again, the axe is on fire, whips by him with a wharoosh. Off, rop, says Hercules. Uh, Well, Skippy. And it goes crashing into the wall. And we see that a short distance away, the recorder and Hercules are managing to get a little bit further away. Statement, we must continue, sir. We are not far from our vehicle now. I do not understand, says Hercules. My father could have destroyed me with but a passing thought, yet he chose to confront me on a physical level. Tis strange. No matter. My strength doth return as we speak. I will not have my friends fight my battles in my stead. Get thee to the chariot recorder. I shall find Skippy and return. Interrogative. But my programming states I must observe you at all times. Do as I command, recorder. And at that very moment, uh, we shift back to Zeus, and he says, Who dares to deceive almighty Zeus? Show yourself for what you truly be. And he blasts out some eye beams, which strike Skippy with a shark. And Skippy is no longer able to hold the shape as Hercules, and he returns to his normal form. And it looks like he's, the caption says he's barely conscious. Ah, My son's pet toad still lives. Thou shalt soon wish that my creature had fulfilled its appointed task, little one. Thou shalt die for thy impudence. And a voice comes from behind. Nay, no more. And of course it's Hercules. So thou hast found the courage to face me, says Zeus. I beg thee to desist, father. The scroll is an innocent. Thy conflict is not with him. Release him, and I am thine to deal with as thou wilt. Ah, but this creature has shown me great disrespect. Besides, I fear thou art too late, for it seems that thy friend is already dead. And, you know, he's been holding Skippy up by the neck, and Skippy is uh, clearly unconscious at least, but uh, if not dead. And says, uh, Zeus releases his grip on the old scroll, who falls to the ground with a sickening thud. It is a sight that pushes the Prince of Power 
over the edge. And Hercules gets all mad now, and he's like, No! No more deaths! Thou shalt have thy wish, madman! Have at thee! And he physically goes after Zeus, and there's a big carwam. And Zeus drops the axe, which is embedded now in the floor. And the caption says, Forgetting the pain, forgetting his resolve, the Lion of Olympus attacks with a fury, unprecedented. And this is a knockdown, drag-out fight, takes up the whole next page. And Hercules is shouting, For Olympus! And he's just really just beating up on Zeus, and Zeus doesn't really seem to be fighting back at all. The captions say, His blows strike Zeus with a force that can shatter mountains. The hammering is relentless until the unconceivable occurs. All-powerful Zeus, king of the gods, ruler of Olympus, falls. And Hercules strikes him one last time with a big old crack of boom. And Zeus is on the ground. And he's looking around and he picks up the axe that's embedded in the floor. And he says, I, with thine own weapon, thou shalt now pay for thy murderous deeds. And he raises it above his head, getting ready to strike, and there's this sort of lightning coming off of the axe. And Zeus softly says, Be done with it. And that causes a real reaction in Hercules, and the rage just kind of goes out of his face, and he drops the axe. What have I done, says Hercules? I have proven myself unworthy. Forgive me. And all of a sudden, um, Zeus is looking like, like he's proud or something, like, like he's happy. And he says, To the contrary, my son, thou hast proven thyself most noble of the gods. And it says in the caption, Hercules gazes at his father's face. The madness in Zeus's eyes replaced by a gentle caring. And on this page, we get lots and lots of dialogue here. And Zeus is uh, kneeling on the ground. He's cradling Hercules in his arms. Pay heed to my words, son, for my time on this plane of existence is short. There comes to every race an ending. Powers higher than ourselves have ever so decreed. Mankind, whom we watched over for lo, these thousands of years, hath fulfilled its destiny. The time of gods hath long passed away. But for thee, a greater destiny awaits. All that hath transpired, thine exile from Olympus in our battle today, was but a test. A test? I understand not, father, says Hercules. It was the edict of the fates, that one of us, born of God and mortal, shall survive. This one shall be the patriarch of a new race. I banish thee to the stars to prepare thee for that destiny. For so headstrong wert thou that I feared thou wouldst fail to prove worthy of that honor. But thy madness, the battle. Steel is forged by fire, my son. To discover thy true metal thou wert pushed to the very brink of murder. Only then could it be known if humility and compassion were truly thine. But, uh, but thou didst slay thy fellow gods, Dionysus, Ares, the rest. Nay, Hercules, there art worlds thou hast not dreamt of. They dwell now in another place, another reality. And now I must take leave to join them. My task is complete. What am I to do, my lord, says Hercules? The choice is thine. Behold, the brazier stands before thee. Thy salvation, 
Thou must decide at thy destiny. All beings have that freedom. Thou art no different. Thou canst join thy brethren in the world beyond this, or find a new beginning amongst the stars. As I said, tis thine to choose. And you see in the brazier, the pearl is still there. Hasn't burned up, so I guess it hasn't been an hour yet. Fear not, most beloved son. I shall always be with thee. My time is done. So be it. And there's a big shrakum and a big puff of purple smoke. And the caption says, In a blaze of lightning and thunder, Lord Zeus, king of Olympus, is gone. His son lapses momentarily into unconsciousness. Which brings us back to the moment in our story where we first met Hercules. His one good eye remains transfixed upon the brazier before him. Though his body is racked with pain, he rises. The choice be mine, to join my kin in another realm or to forge one of my own. Perhaps it would be better to leave this life, to fade away with the glory that once was Olympus. Yes, mayhaps I... And he gets a look on his face like, nay. And he grabs the, the pearl, the fire, and immediately he is completely rejuvenated. He no longer looks old. He's all young again, strong again, and completely healed of all of his wounds. And we see the recorder in the background looking all uh, flabbergasted. And he says, I be restored, recorder. The Prince of Power is himself, now and forevermore. And then we uh, shift scenes and we have a little bit of an epilogue. And uh, so we see the Hercules and the recorder and Skippy. Uh, Skippy looks like he's alive. And, <laughs> and Hercules says, Skippy! It doth warm my heart to see thee alive. I thought thou wert slain. The old man must have pinched a nerve or something. I sure got a doozy of a headache, that much is for sure. Would someone please tell me what the frop has been going on? All in good time, Skippy. But for now, we must take our leave from this place. Come, friends. It must be tough for you, Herc. I mean, coming home and finding out you don't have one anymore? Aye, Skippy. But there comes a time when one must face his destiny, whatever it be. So, onward, friends! I have a destiny to fulfill, and a new race that awaits a born-in. And Skippy's like, oh boy, can I watch? And Hercules, recorder, Skippy, are in the chariot, and they go flying off. And that is the end. And that is... Hercules, Prince of Power, number four, the end of the second Hercules mini from 1984. And we'll be talking a little bit of what I thought about this after this message. Star Trek. Comic books. Mythology. Video games. Toys. Star Wars. Just about any geeky topic you can think of could be covered on the Hammer Podcast, presented by two true freaks. Come join me, Gene Hendricks, for whatever my disjointed mental processes can come up with, and be careful, or you might just learn something before we're done. The Hammer Podcast is available monthly, both on its own iTunes feed 
and at twotruefreaks.com. And we're back. So I do have a few things to say about the issue, as I always do. First of all, I'm going to say that, that by and large, I think that the second Hercules miniseries is actually a little bit better than the first one. The first one had the advantage of being the first funny Space Hercules series. And so for that reason alone, I think it'll be remembered and fondly remembered. But I think that this one overall is better. Now, there were a lot of things that didn't work for me in the series, as well as a lot of things that did work. But that was kind of the same way with the original series, too, if you remember. Things that didn't work for me in the series was Red Wolf. That was kind of the big one. It's just kind of weird to have a pseudo-American Indian sort of space hero going around killing Skrulls. And it it just seemed a little bit odd to me, and I, it just seemed to me almost to be a desperate attempt for Marvel to keep the copyright on, on the Red Wolf property. I mean, that's kind of what I thought about it. I do like the addition of Skippy to the supporting cast. The recorder, the recorder, like I said, he, he's almost cracking jokes at this point. So he's not as dry. He's not as good of a comedic foil as he used to be because now he's actually one of the people who's doing the comedy. So I, I think that that was a, uh, a calculated decision. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But the recorder is definitely not the straight man that he used to be. So you had to have another character to bounce off of. And I think that that, that works to get Skippy in. Skippy being kind of a silly character, but that's okay. Yeah, They're kind of all silly characters when you really think about it. Art-wise, I think that this series is better than the first one. Now, there's a lot of wonkiness in the art. That's something that I think is just endemic to Bob Layton's art in general. You've got some real unevenness in some of the faces. Uh, you've got, especially in the recorder, um, just, he looks different in practically every panel. I, it's, it's one of those things that I'm not sure that, that there's a lot you can do about. But I like the, the story by and large, and I like the characters by and large. The uh, the plot, well, you know, Zeus not really being evil is kind of predictable. It does kind of contradict what went on earlier. I mean, why would he go to this big show of destroying all of the gods when Hercules wasn't around to see it? And we all know that he was not around to see it. So who's he trying to fool here? Uh, I mean, unless he's trying to fool Heimdall or something, I'm not really sure what's going on here. Why would Zeus put on this show for nobody? That's kind of a plot hole and, and a kind of a big plot hole. But I think by and large, it was fairly predictable that, you know, oh, a surprise ending. Zeus isn't really evil after all. He was just testing Hercules. Um, yeah, sure. <laughs> I don't know if that's originally what they had in mind when they started writing the script. I don't know if Bob Layton was making this up as he went or, or what. Anyhow, I, I thought that that was, uh, you know, worth mentioning. All right. So with that, it's time to wrap up the show. Once again, folks, thanks very much for listening. We really do appreciate it. And of course, like I said, we have next week off. So I think that the next show is going to be in the new year. So I, I think that's the way it works anyway, is that uh, we're going to have the uh, next show 
will air on the 30th. And then, uh, yeah, and then, uh, so the next time I'll see you guys is on the 5th, 5th of January. So everybody have a very good uh, holiday, very happy New Year. Don't get too drunk on New Year's. Uh, Drive safely and all that jargon. And we'll see you next time here on Radio Free Asgard. You have been listening to Radio Free Asgard, a production of Tom Harris USA Productions, which is totally responsible for its content. The Mighty Thor and all associated characters are mostly copyright Marvel Comics. The stories presented are done so for educational, review, and entertainment purposes only. No ownership is implied. The silly voices, however, well, they're all me. Musical selections from Eden, the Invincible Sword of the Elfsmith, are copyright Mott's Vent and are used with permission. If you like what you've heard on the show, we hope you'll leave us a review on iTunes, tell your friends, or even join our Facebook group. We really love hearing from our listeners, and we appreciate all of your support. Thanks once again very much for listening to Radio Free Asgard.